Hi, I'm Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com. And I'm here with my dear friend and fellow astrologer, Christina Rodenbeck from oxfordastrologer.com. Hi. Hello. Hi, Christina. Um, and we're here to talk to you about the next month's astrology, which is Scorpio season. Very pleased about that, being a Scorpio. Very exciting. Um, but also to talk about what's been and gone, what's going on, and just bring astrology to life for you. Yes. How are you, Christina? I'm very well, I think. Um, I'm enjoying the changing season, of course. Mm-hmm. I love this time of year. Um, the leaves are sear, the berries are red, you know, the apples are dropping from the trees. We're heading into winter. I think it's very exciting. Hmm. Yeah. I'm also watching the news. Mm. Yeah. The, the nature and the world, <laughs> the world of nature is exciting. I, I went for a sea swim actually mm. recently. It's obviously getting much colder now, but oh, the beauty of that, you know. There was a sunset as well and the light on the water. I mean, that natural beauty is just so fantastic. Mm. And again, I, I love this time of year. It's a really, it's just, it's, there's so much kind of subtle color, isn't there? And subtle light. Um, light is fantastic. It has been amazing, the slanting light uh, it, it here. Um, and of course, it's a great time of year for sunsets in this country. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And sunrises, if you want to yeah, get up. And sunrises, both. Both good. Hmm. Um, and we've had this incredible autumn, which has been quite warm, really, up until now. I've got like 15,000 layers of clothing on today. But hmm. um, it's been this beautiful, warm autumn. And hmm. um, f- feel, you know, you really feel the seasons turn. Hmm. It's lovely. Let's talk. Cool. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's talk Scorpio season. Scorpio season's coming. You are the expert on Scorpio as a Scorpio. Um, what's your take? And Scorpio season this year has Scorpio eclipses in it. So it's a very well, special one. Yeah, we're diving in deep, aren't we? <laughs> you yeah. know, Scorpio goes in deep. It's it's intense. It's um, pain and pleasure, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, Scorpio season it's 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 getting it's not hovering about on the surface scorpio doesn't do superficial doesn't hover about on the surface dives in and mm. kind of excavates i mean often with scorpio i think that taurus scorpio axis is so powerful you know fertility growth regeneration transformation it's kind of things don't stay the same there's mm. this sense of the cycle of of life of birth death rebirth renewal i mean that's such a we see it in nature but i think it's it's an integral part of scorpio season in different ways as well it's yeah i mean i think i agree with you about that being a particularly powerful axis Mm. um it's the it's a fixed axis let Mm. me just turn that off right now sorry i beg your pardon um you know it's the fixed axis Mm. Mm. um one of the fixed axis the other one of course is aquarius and um leo but and it's also the axis of full spring on one side and full autumn on the other yeah um and as you say regeneration and 
well, generation. It's generative, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I um, Taurus rules the the throat, and actually eating in a way, you know, that um, devouring, mm-hmm. and uh, Scorpio rule, rules the. Um, Elimination. I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> elimination. <laughs> elimination. <laughs> Basically, so we're talking about food and shit, really. Yeah, okay. With, with the axis, you know, and that what's more important than that? But also, Scorpio rules the, the sex, the genitalia, right? So it's also about generation in that sense too. It's a really powerful axis. It's our kind of animal side in a way. Mm. Mm. No, I think it is. I think it is. Um, you know, and the, and the other thing for me that's key with Scorpio season is the link with the dark. Yeah. You know, the Northern Hemisphere where um, the clocks always change during this time of year. And, and, you know, we are the nighttime. We're spending more time in the night. But Scorpio is also, you know, this, so often we get scared of the dark. You know, the light is all clarity and consciousness and the dark is kind of more witchy and the unconscious but I think one of the um, attributes of Scorpio season is it helps us to, to learn that the dark is actually a place you can be and you can be safe within it. And it's important to go to the dark to kind of learn and grow and transform. You can't just stay in the light. You know, you, yes. you need to go into the dark, dark and, areas, actually. And it's no coincidence that Halloween is in the middle of this season, you know, our festival of which witchiness darkness and the 5th of november in this country you know um where you have it's a celebration of the darkness and what can you do in the dark but you can spark light mm. you see mm. the light better mm. in the mm. dark so there's no point having say fireworks in the middle of the day you need the darkness in order to see the fireworks yeah yeah and it's that theme of finding those i mean it's i often think with pluto which is one of the rulers of scorpio you know, Pluto, god of the underworld. But if you're willing to go down to the underworld, there's those hidden riches um, and you can emerge back with them. So I agree. Also, Day of the Dead is this Mm -hmm. time of year. And the other one is Diwali, Festival of the Light. Mm -hmm. So you really get these contrasts, don't you, of the dark and the light during Scorpio season, a reminder that both are equally powerful, actually. And this is also the gateway. I mean, the Scorpio season is the gateway into winter. And I like to think of Scorpio as like that. Mm. Um, and it's a gate, it's the entry into these winter months, which is it's the entry into the dark. Mm. So it's not like this isn't the darkest point of the year. That doesn't that's not here yet. Yeah. But it's a celebration. It's like we're getting we're getting we're going through into those caves. Yeah. Um, did you read that that children's book, The Princess and the Goblin, when you were a child? No, I don't think so. It's a wonderful it's the first sort of real fantasy novel written in the 1850s. And it's a wonderful celebration of that underground place mm-hmm. full of jewels and fire. Mm, interesting. Actually talking about books, I realized that um, uh, my friend, Joanna Waters, another astrologist just sent me this book actually for my birthday. It's arrived early and it's called the devil, you know, and it's, um, it's, it's written by a forensic psychiatrist, a woman, who worked with patients in Broadmoor, um, mm. you know, one of the the mental institutes in this in this country, and it's looking at these people who've committed awful crimes and murders, and it's her conversation with them 
and and finding compassion, empathy, and understanding within that to a certain extent. And I did, you know, I was reading it last night, knowing we were talking today about Scorpio season. I thought, I'm already going in. (laughs) It's classic Scorpio stuff. So you go there, Sally. I'm going to let you go to Broadmoor. (laughs) report back I don't yeah that's the kind of thing I do avoid I am afraid of that kind of darkness I don't like it Um, but another sort of form of that going into the darkest psychological depth like psychology and investigating your interior life yeah um investigating your dreams etc these are all things that are powerful to do in this season yeah Scorpio is ruled by Pluto and Mars which is interesting this year because mars is going retrograde isn't it shall we dive into the um month ahead then are we well i know before we do or we can but i do want to talk about one person who we yvonne shuinar as a scorpio we could talk about him during the eclipses though couldn't we the founder of patagonia oh you love him yes we love him he's a great guy He's a great guy, but we can talk about him when we go into eclipses, if you like. Oh, mention him now. Go ahead. You okay. now brought him up. Well, it, I mean, the other thing with Taurus Scorpio is it's the money axis, financial axis. Um, and as both of us have been talking about since the eclipses in Scorpio Taurus started in November 2021 and continued till October 2023, add the eclipses to Uranus, erratic, unpredictable. And we're in this time where the economy, stock market, everything is wibbly wobbly. And it's quite scary, actually, I think, isn't it? What's happening out in the world on the financial level. But it's disastrous here. I mean, it's it's really, really serious. But as you said, we have been saying all year that these eclipses are about money, about finances, and you will see it in the wider world. Yeah. Carry on. You want to talk about Yvonne. (laughs) who's to be i mean just become a hero november the 9th 1938 so he's actually having his uranus return and he was born with the sun in scorpio opposite um uranus in taurus so Hmm. it's his uranus return um it's that cycle he's the he's the founder of patagonia which is an outdoor company um and he's always been, he's been an environmentalist, a philanthropist. He's always been into the well-being of workers. And he decided that he didn't want to sell the company or take it public. And he's been umming and ahhing what to do. And he's come up with this idea to set up kind of a trust fund. So all the profits of his company, which we're talking three billion, go towards um, helping climate change and go towards protecting undeveloped land across the globe. Hmm. And for me, this is just and also, you know, he talks about he wants to bring into the um, into life a new form of capitalism that stops this incredible divide between the rich and the poor. Hmm. And I just thought, wow, this is a really good example of how this Scorpio Taurus axis and what's going on at the moment, you know, is is there for people to step into and do something that's kind of good and powerful and ethical with it. Because the danger with Scorpio is that there's, you know, it's a, it's, um, a sign that's often linked to corruption, the underworld, isn't it? Well, so, yeah. You know, he's just a hero to me for, for this. Yeah. And he's a great example of what Uranus and Taurus can do, which is the period that we're in right now. Uranus and Taurus, we're in the seven-year stretch. He's having his return. So it hasn't been there for 82 years or whatever. Um, and it's being Uranus and Taurus is 
future oriented and it's about practical ideas of how we can go into the next 82 years, mm-hmm. you know, wh- how we can do that and not in this case, not lose the planet because it's a, this is the dub, you know, the very earthy, this is a fixed earth sign Taurus. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting also that, you know, he, he's now it's, he does Patagonia does outdoor gear that he's, Talking about climate change, that is, this is practical ideas for the future. Um, yeah, no, I think he's fantastic um, and actually inspiring. And what's, well, and actually that's the way that we are going to go. We have a very retrogressive government temporarily in this country. They're yeah. not going to last long. Who really interesting, interestingly, as a sort of, fight back against that they want to sort of reintroduce fracking and they want to cave over the green belt and i mean i'm sure they won't last long because of this because it's so unpopular Um, but it's interesting that there's this pushback against what the real future is and the real future we know is renewable energy um and people like uh mr patagonia yeah kind of future that's the vision that we should be going towards and we will be Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, great. I mean, I think it's just so important to talk about the sort of positive. Side yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I think the, these people just seem to be very out of date. The ones in charge at the moment. Dinosaurs. Yeah. They're dinosaurs. dinosaurs. They need to go. They need to be put out of their misery. Mm-hmm. Um, so shall we uh, look at the eclipses? What do you want to do? Because we've got one coming up very soon on the yeah. 20th. Yeah, I think let's start with the eclipses because as soon as the sun moves into Scorpio, which is October the 23rd, and actually moves in with Venus, um, you know, the two move into Scorpio together. And those two, sun and Venus, have been side by side in Libra. We talked about this last month. And they move into Scorpio together and then and stay together. And almost as soon as they move in, there's a solar eclipse, a new moon eclipse on October the 25th with the moon, sun, and Venus um, side by side. So I'm just putting this up for those of you who watch this on YouTube. It's that this is it on the screen, 25th of October, 2022. And, and mm-hmm. um, I think, I mean, it's a fascinating, <laughs> it's a fascinating eclipse. I mean, it's not as strong as the one that's coming up in November. It's because it's not exact. It's a partial eclipse. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a conjunction of sun, moon, Venus, very, very tight in Scorpio. They're all at two degrees of Scorpio. And Venus is in her, she doesn't like being in Scorpio. It's not her top place. Um, Venus is cash. She's about money. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure that it's looking, I mean, and it's an eclipse of the, it's a solar eclipse. Um, I think that it's there. I think we have to wait and let the chips fall down. I wouldn't suggest doing anything on that eclipse to any, anybody particularly, but I think that there's going to be stuff around currency with this. Mm. Mm. Um, And as, and, and because it's a, it's near the South node, that's the node more of dissipation. Um, so it's actually for, for those of us living in Britain, it's pretty worrying times that we're living in because of the current, um, Mm. turmoil. 
yeah. uh, which affects people directly. This is not like, oh, market turmoil, whatever. People's mortgages are directly affected. People's pensions are directly affected. Mm. Mm. Um, and one thing that is important to remember with astrology that astrology teaches us is that everything's a transit. Everything moves on. Nothing is stuck. Yeah. Um, even, but this looks heavy duty to me. What do you think? Well, the opposite Uranus again. Which sorry? Would, I was going to say, and the other part of this eclipse is that the nodes, nodes, nodal conjunction to Uranus, which is even more powerful. Well, I mean, that stays, doesn't it? And that becomes particularly powerful, I think, at the, the lunar eclipse. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, a Scorpio solar eclipse. We actually haven't, I think it's the only one in the cycle. I don't think there's another one. Um, you know, there is a shadowy theme to eclipses always. And I agree with you when you say that, you know, it's you you don't plan anything for an eclipse if you can help it, because the shadow falls during an eclipse and you have to wait and see what happens when, you know, the light comes back in, in a way, when the eclipse, the shadow of the eclipse lifts. Um, and to add to the shadowy theme, the ruler of this eclipse is Mars in Gemini, square Neptune. And that often has a, a theme of, um, you know, confusion or something being hidden as well, Mars square Neptune, something sort of shadowy too. But having said that, I think... Go say one more thing about that, Mars, and it's pretty much stationing. It is stationing, yeah. Well, that means it's about to turn retrograde in a few days' time from there. So it's a very intensely powerful Mars when it's stationing. And yep. and because it's um because of all those planets in Scorpio and it's the ruler of Scorpio, it's a really super powered Mars. So people like Gemini's are really gonna be feeling this. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Um but the plus side of it, I do think there's a lot of power in a solar eclipse. I always talk about it being a new moon with oomph. Mm. So it's the type of, you know, new beginnings can come out of this and you may need to move fast, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a weird, I mean, Mars is slowing down, but there may be something that you realize you've got to move. There's an ending that often comes with an eclipse beginning, something you have to let go of, close a door, open a door. But it's it's almost like there's there's quite often a tough decision to make, um, and I don't think it's a time to be stationary. Actually, I don't know what you think about that, because that might be quite controversial to say say that around this eclipse. Uh, really? Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I'm always. I think you have to be on your toes. I definitely think this is more about letting go and things ending than about beginning anything. Especially, mm -hmm. I would wait until after the next eclipse. I mean, we're we're well into eclipse season. Mm. To me, this is like let go, throw the ballast over the side, get rid of stuff. I mean, this is a real. We were talking about shit, right? Mm. Um, and the association with Scorpio. This is a real, you know, get rid of your shit um, mm. eclipse, mm. and that eclipse feeling carries over for you know lots plenty of week uh, you know weeks either side this is the season to yeah. be rid of stuff yeah. um including may i say you know psychological stuff hang-ups um yeah. 
got or addictions that you've got. It's it's actually quite good for that, for getting rid of those kind of burdens that you've been carrying for a long time or yeah. feelings that you have to, you know, responsibilities that you don't, should you've been carrying that you shouldn't be carrying. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I actually feel that you can, I wouldn't sort of maybe organize to do that on the eclipse, but I would, if you're feeling like you need to let something go or certain things go, do it, you know, yeah. it's the bonfire. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel about this. It's, it's a bonfire. Throw yeah. out. I mean, I think that we're going to be seeing, I don't think it's a huge leap to say that we're going to be seeing a lot of stuff in the outer world, in the mundane world, mm. which mm. around these eclipses. Mm. Um, I, I mean, think- sorry, I, I was just going to say, I'm interested in these hijabis in, um, in Iran. Yeah. It's the bonfire of the hijab there. Yeah. I hope that they stay safe. Yeah, and, and, and Venus, the planet of women yeah. in this place as well. Yeah. Um, and Scorpio, I mean, Pluto is the kind of lord of the invisible, right, of the of wearing the hijab, of hiding your face, yeah. of hiding yourself, and he's also ruler of Scorpio. So it's really interesting, and there's more to come with that. And And the planet linked to power, control, and oppression. Yeah. So you can see the clash, can't you, in this? Um, also, I mean, the other thing I'd say with eclipses, I think it's it's always good to know that they're coming because, I mean, the way we've been talking about it is that we have some sense of control in what we can, yeah. can do during an eclipse. But also eclipses, I think, often coincide with external events, sometimes that we didn't see coming or, mm. you know, it's other people's actions or what happens outside us. That means, you know, we have to respond, we have to react um, to events. So that's often, you know, eclipses, I think, are often the things we didn't see coming in Scorpio, perhaps especially so. So wherever it falls, you know, it's it's just keeping an eye on it where it falls to see if you can, um, you know, maybe preempt what's coming or what may be happening. If you've got any kind of things that you're unsure about. You know, for both, I was going to say for uh, Cancer and Taurus, this is very much about relationships. Um, so, you know, it's kind of thinking about the people in your life and 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 how you kind of sort of preempt this eclipse activity. Yes, or attempt to. I mean, this eclipse, I mean, we've already said this, but I want to say it again, is that eclipses come out of left field, but this one and the next one, especially because of their connection to Uranus, right? So these are shocking. There's surprises involved. So if you have, you know, if you're a Uranian person, so, and this is applies to anybody, for example, if you have a moon Uranus conjunction, this is, this is an eclipse for you, you know, um, you may be shocking people Mm. or you may, um, there may be a shock coming to you. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I, so, and I think that you're right about, I think for Scorpios, it's also about relationships. Actually. Uh, and, and self-transformation, actually. I think it's about, you know, self-transformation when it falls in your star sign. Mm. Um, maybe how you come across to others. It's, I think for Scorpio and Aquarius, actually, interestingly, this could be about, profile or power in some way. I mean, for Aquarius, you were talking about 
you know, Uranus, which rules Aquarius, and it's Aquarius's career sector. For Scorpio, it's sort of your personal profile, but it might be about needing to kind of step up and take on a position of power during this um, this eclipse season, particularly this one, this solar eclipse. Yeah, and Leo's, it's obviously about the family, you know, or the home. Yeah. Um, you know, you might be moving, actually. You might be moving on knocking down walls and creating something new. It's kind of, you know, that theme Scorpio theme of destroying something to build something new again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that could be kind of there for Leo as well. Mm. It's interesting. It's, you know, I think it's quite um, exciting, actually, when we get into this eclipse season and everything accelerates, the chain, you know, change accelerates. Yeah. And because of that Uranian content the change accelerates and we don't know which way it's going to go Mm. Um, yeah we'll be reporting back next month this this eclipse is very close to my birthday as well so yeah yeah exciting and scary i mean that's you know that's scorpio season isn't it yeah it is uh but but more so i mean and anybody who has the nodes also in the, the in this access so if you're born in like 2003, four or uh, mid sixties, you know, you're going to have this, this applies to you more. Mm. Um, and yeah. I you know yeah. this, these nodal stuff can be really good because it moves your life along. You know, you're not stuck. Things mm. happen. Um, mm. Eclipses can be really exciting because they allow energy to come through, you know, you're not, and I think one of the reasons they're so important in these fixed is because these signs are fixed, you know, and it gives it because they tend to get more stuck, Scorpio and and Taurus. So these eclipses are really shaking things to their foundations. Yeah, although I would say that for both those signs, with having had Uranus in Taurus, I mean, there's, you know, my life, there's been so much change going on with, with Uranus. You know, it's kind of like we're getting used to change. We're getting used to the new. <laughs> yeah, you've been forced into it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Change, and you'll change again. Embrace uh, change. <laughs> Come uh, on. <laughs> and speaking of change, we should talk about. I'm going to stop the share for a while. Yes. And we should talk about um, Mars going retrograde and Jupiter back into Pisces which are both happening at the end of October. I mean, this is sort of major stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mars re- Mars is in still in Gemini, but it's interesting that Mars goes retrograde while it's in Gemini and Mercury is in Scorpio. So they're actually a mutual reception. They are. Um, for the next couple of weeks. And I think that's quite useful, um, you know, as obviously it's quite useful because they're supporting each other and it's useful for various things, but I think particularly for research. Yeah. Stuff out, digging yeah. underneath because now Mars is retrograde. It's internal. It's going inward, but it's in this sign of the sign of curiosity, which is uh, Gemini. So where if that falls in your chart, mm-hmm. um, it's important. I mean, if you're a Gemini, this is a really, really important time. And it may be curiosity about yourself and mm. your own motivations if you're a Gemini. Mm. So mm. not a, again, it's interesting. It's not a good time to be like pushing ahead because it'll be frustrating. Mm. You know, 
especially for Scorpios who are ruled by Mars or Aries who are ruled by Mars, you know, you don't necessarily, you can't necessarily push ahead. But if you go with the internal process, you're getting this help from Mercury and Scorpio. These yeah. two planets are working together to dig deeper. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, go on. <laughs> and it's very, it's a, a quite an intellectual or intelligent combination of planets, I think. When Mars, you know, people think of Mars, of Mars is a kind of brutal, uh, uh, you know, uh, dumb soldier, quite, you know, that's how he's personified sometimes. And it's, he's not like that. He's a smart soldier when he's working with his Scorpio side, right? Yeah. And he can um, be a hero as well. And he's, he's a hero. Archetype, Mars. Um, but the hero, the hero's journey is now an internal journey, not an external one. Yes, and I think it's interesting that you're pointing out. I mean, when Mercury and Mars are working together, and when planets are in mutual reception, i.e., in each other's star signs, they're working together. You know, Mars and Mercury together, you can walk your talk as well. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the symbolism of it. And I agree that again, Gemini, Scorpio, it's that soulmate connection. It's kind of the hidden. It's a mm. quint- it's across the um, zodiac, but Gemini and Scorpio have so much in common. They're both, you know, I have as a Scorpio, I have so many Gemini friends, and there's there's real curiosity for both. Sometimes Gemini on a more, um, you know, multifaceted way for Scorpio, more kind of esoteric or intense. But they're both star signs that are really, you know, love finding things out, a real sense of discovery. And I agree with Mars being retrograde. I mean, it turns retrograde on the 30th and will be on go slow until January the 12th, 2023. This would be a great time to do some creative writing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would. Also, too, especially for, you know, the Geminis amongst us, the Virgos, um, you know, the... Aries as well. That helps. That helps a study. So, yeah. Aries particular. The other thing about Mars and, you know, the difference between the curiosity and the research that you get between Scorpio and Gemini is that Scorpio is really, really able to focus and often only has like five, you know, three things they're interested in in life. Whatever those are, those those three things, they really, really do it. Whereas Gemini tends to have like 50,000 things that they're interested in. But what happens with this mutual reception is that suddenly Gemini is going to be able to focus wherever that Gemini is. And it gets that help from the Mercury and all those planets in Scorpio initially, right, in this month of October, November. Mm. Um, So that's the time to take that focus, especially, as you say, for Aries, Gemini, Um, actually possibly Libra also, you know, uh, to take that and really focus. Yeah, definitely Libra, especially if you're doing like a, a... some kind of university courses or some travel research, whatever. Um, but also I like it, you know, I like the, um, I like it for Scorpio in particular because it's in this eighth house, mm. um, which is definitely the house of the esoteric and the, uh, and the psychological. Mm. Um mm. And you're able to, I think, with this Mars retrograde, to go in there and turn something around. Yeah. Some problem, some issue that you may have had, you can turn around or dig up some gold. Yeah. It is. I often think of Mars retrograde 
well, particularly in Gemini, it's a time to rework your ideas. It's a time, if you think of the, you know, the sort of, I often think of it with Mars retrograde as the, you know, when it's direct, the arm is moving forward. And then when it's retrograde, you go back, you hide away, you rework your strategy, decide what you're going to do next, ready to kind of move into action again when it turns direct. And and for Sagittarius, this is going to be super important as well. You know, this is about relationship, right? So someone in your life may be coming back, this Marsy person, or you may be rethinking your relationships. Yeah. And, you know, one of the th- issues for Sag is it's often they overthink their relationships, you know, <laughs> they, and, and it's funny, it's such a spontaneous, um, fun sign, but when it comes to relationship, they can sort of think too much. Um, but at this point, you know, it is a, it is the time to overthink your relationships and rework them. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually really important for Sagittarius because it's in your opposite sign. And mm-hmm. furthermore, next month, you know, you're going to have all those planets that are now in Scorpio are going to be moving into Sagittarius mm-hmm. opposite that Mars. Yeah. And really powerful for Virgo too, because Mars in Gemini is, is your career vocational sector. Yeah. So this could be, you know, I think these last two months of the year, Perhaps a time to take your foot off the brake, take a step back and really start looking at what you want from 2023. It might be time to kind of rethink where you're heading and why. When Mars is retrograde, it's not a time to go full throttle ahead. It's it's a different energy. Um, and also, I want to add, because, you know, being a Scorpio with Aries rising, mm. Mars, Mars, I often find these Mars retrograde phase is really difficult because somewhere in life I'm not in control (laughs) I've been in situations where someone's telling me to do something that I don't want to do and my tendency is to want to fight back against that but actually when Mars is retrograde sometimes it's best just to sort of retreat a bit rethink rework again all that sense of working things out before moving forward so you know it can be it it is sometimes a time with mars retrograde to think you know who has the power actually who has the control as well and it may not be you it may be someone else um and that means it's time to think about what you're going to do next Hmm. and it's interesting i mean for the um for pisces also this is going to be in quite on a critical angle of your chart, your home life or your family. And there's going to be some retrenching and rethinking there. And at the same time, Jupiter goes into Pisces and it's going to be not um, directly squaring that Mars, but pretty much squared of the Mars. Um, Almost the same day, isn't it? That they both, you know, that, uh, Jupiter goes back into Pisces and Mars turns retrograde. Mm. So there's a kind of tense dynamic there between possibly the demands of your home life and your personal growth, which is really what's happening again for Pisces. And Mm. people should cast their minds back to the beginning of this year between December and May. So December, 2021 and May, 2022, when Jupiter was in Pisces before. And now we're going to get a little bit of a bite of that cherry, one last, you know, not a bite of cherry. It's like the last sort of sucking on the cherry pip that last time for the next six weeks up until Christmas, just before Christmas with Jupiter and back in Pisces. And wait, that's more than six weeks, isn't it? Anyway, Jupiter back in Pisces until the 20th of December. 
Um, and it's given a kind of kick by that square, I think, from Mars, because also one thing you need to keep in mind with these retrogrades is that as a planet stations, it, it intensifies for a while. It's like it grinds down into that one set of degrees, which is around 25 degrees, because it's going to, Mars sticks around there for a couple of weeks, I think. Um, so it's grinding down into that 25 degrees of Gemini. If you have any planets there at all, they're going to be feeling this Mars energy. Um, part of which is this, uh, I want to go forward, but I need to go dig deeper. I need to think harder. I need to, um, I need to focus on what that part of my chart actually means. Um, and at the same time, it's getting this square from Jupiter. It's a really interesting combination of energies. Mm. And just to say, um, Jupiter was also in Pisces in from May to July, 2021. It's been quite a weird um jupiter transit for pisces hasn't it because it's sort of been in these oh here comes a wave and oh here's another big wave earlier this year oh now here's a final whoosh um for me what's interesting about this i do think there's something about needing to take the foot off the brake in the last two months because you know jupiter's moving out of aries which is trailblazing forward moving again into pisces which is more about surrender and about you know, checking in with your emotional self um, when Mars is retrograde. So there really is, I, I think it's going to be quite hard to move things forward towards I the agree. end of the year. You know, and if anything, you know, line things up ready to start um, next year instead. There really is a sense of of what's going to be most valuable now is taking time out to kind of reflect, um, you know, shut the door a bit on the outside world maybe at times if you can, and probably we all need to, but... Um, you know, just to see what what you want to let go of, what needs to be resolved, um, and, and turn inwards. It feels like a time that's really important to turn inwards. Hmm. So, you know, for some of the star signs, meditation, Aries and uh, Cancer in particular, meditation could really help. Hmm. And also there's going to be that Mercury retrograde also at the end of the year. So, you know, it's a very interesting um time and i do completely agree that this is not a time to be plowing ahead unless you're writing your incredible fantasy novel yes <laughs> you know, then- virgo right um could you please you know virgo with your p- writing partner um write your fantasy novel yeah. um and also aries. aries capricorn it's in your mm-hmm. study sector so yeah i mean if it if this if these signs fall in kind of um, sectors of your chart that are about study or creativity, then, you know, launch yourself into a creative project. I mean, make that your focus. It's really, really intense. It's actually great. I mean, also, I think that the it's interesting for um, Aquarians, this Mars retrograde. Mm-hmm. Because it's in that sector that's to do with, you know, fun and uh, leisure and pleasure and it's like actually you could teach yourself chess or something you know at this point or mm-hmm. teach yourself to become really good at a particular skill yeah you can intensely repeat um you know so actually really getting good at a language um i'm doing duolingo at the moment you're, le- you're learning a language aren't you great i'm uh well i'm practicing my arabic which isn't very good but because we're going to, I'm going to Egypt at the end of the year. Um, so I'm trying to brush up on Arabic. 
Excellent. And, and Mars retrograde in Gemini, the, you know, it's an excellent time for brushing up languages or going back to play the piano. It's, you know, the hands, Gemini. It's kind of yeah. this great time for picking something up, um, you know, and, and for all the star signs that might apply in a way, just because it is in um, Gemini, which is about languages. And- I, I think it, that applies to everybody. I mean, obviously it applies a lot to Aries, but, but everybody, you know, yeah. Gemini themselves, you know, yeah. as you say, pick up the um, tenor horn that you put down um, eight years ago and give it a toot. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, more, more we focus on creativity and beauty in the world, you know, that's where we need to turn our attention away from, the car crash happening over the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, also we're going to try We're all trying to keep warm, right? Yeah. Um, And that. um, Find a buddy to snuggle up with. Okay. I'll do that. Um, So do we want to talk about this next eclipse? Yes, we do, Christina. I think we need to launch into the lunar eclipse, which happens on November the 8th and it falls at 16 degrees Taurus. Um, and it's a really punchy lunar eclipse. Yeah, there's no getting away from the puncherama because hello, here I've just put it up on the screen for those of you uh, watching. And basically, it's an exact conjunction between the moon and Uranus. I mean, it's incredible. It's like fireworks, isn't it? That uh, lunar eclipse. Um, Anybody who has anything at 16 degrees of Taurus or or, um, Scorpio, boom, you know, uh, one thing I would advise with this is be somewhere where you feel safe because, and I mean safe emotionally. Okay. um, Because you don't want you, there's going to be, especially the Taurus and the Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to be somewhere where there's a kind of vulnerability about this because it's so wild, you know, yeah. it's a full moon. So it's so emotional. It's a, I think a mega full moon. Yeah. Total eclipse. Yeah. There's this kind of wildness about this that you don't want to be somewhere where being wild could get you into any kind of trouble. Um, it also yeah. makes this perfect square to Saturn. I mean, it, this is like, don't mess with authority at this point as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also I, you know, this, because also what's interesting at this eclipse is that Venus, the sun and Mercury are all sitting together in Scorpio, you know, and that, that combination feels, I mean, quite social, actually Mercury and Venus are both linked to, to people in our lives. Um, And for me, this eclipse is like, where am I going to be left out? (laughs) With you Who's not going to invite me to something? I mean, this with that, you know, Uranus often, you're the outsider. You're the one who's, you know, you've not been invited to the party. So there could be themes of that going on, particularly for Scorpio, maybe, or, you know. Or Taurus, actually. Or Cancer, maybe, or Capricorn, because there's an um, indication of parties and socialising there. But, yeah, it could be something like you realise you're not in the in-group. Yeah. you know there's a big party going on and i got missed off the list really <laughs> yeah are you in with the in crowd yeah, yeah i can see that particularly with cancer actually yeah. yeah um although i think that for certain other signs like um sagittarius you are in with the in crowd sag 
Um, <laughs> you know, um, but I would say be, you know, be, be mind your own emotional state, particularly Taurus. Um, and actually thinking about that, particularly Aquarius, you know, you want to be somewhere safe and nice and cozy. Um, all the fixed signs to, in, to my mind, you want to be with people who you trust. Yeah. And, and it's also, this eclipse is not a good time to, you know, overreact or, oh God, yeah. you know, get upset about something majorly because it's, it just feels like that would not be the good thing to do. That could really descend into chaos. So if the, you've got anything in your life that's a real, you know, clash or conflict, I mean, again, use the eclipse law, which is wait a couple of days for things to settle. Um, it will spiral. It could spiral. Things can spiral out of control with this, and people will say things that they don't want to say. You know, yeah. that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. As you make have a clash with an authority, especially again, towards like your dad, you know, that kind of authority, or yeah. your company, or yeah. your university your teacher something like that so you know you need to um you know pay attention use the eclipse by paying attention to it and realizing that this is a very tricky eclipse yeah um it's fraught fraught with instability is how i i'm I'm seeing it's in state unstable Mm. Um, and things can will go off in different directions i'm seeing like a, a um fireworks that go off in the wrong direction, you know, when you have your Catherine wheel that suddenly, you know, burns the hedge down. It's, yeah. like it's and it's interesting. You've, you've mentioned that twice fireworks and there's, I mean, those sun, Venus, Mercury, mm. I mean, November, in fact, the first opposition to Uranus is on November the 5th, which is bonfire night when Venus opposes Uranus. And mm. then those three planets all oppose Uranus and square Saturn between November the 5th and November the 11th. So you'll feel this eclipse outside the actual date of November the 8th. Um, And the other thing that I I suddenly thought when you were saying fireworks, there's a lot of um, councils are not putting on their big firework displays this year because they can't afford it. Isn't that interesting as well? You know, that's, that's also showing up in this eclipse. It's the money is tight. You know, there's the square to Saturn. The money is tight. So we have to, some of the things, you know, that that used to sort of be more standard can't happen. Yeah. I mean, that's also something as, again, it's a shock, but we, we're already in the eclipse season. So the shocks that we're seeing to the financial system are connected with these eclipses. Yeah. The yeah. ones that we're seeing now currently. Yeah. Yeah. Are and they're not going to sort of stop until after these eclipses. Yeah. Um, so there's more to come, you know, there's more shocks to come. I mean, let's just hope it's a, it's a good shock rather than a bad one. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I would be, I, I want to say brace, you know, brace yourselves yeah. and uh, make yourself, yourself secure in whatever way seems necessary. Yeah. You know, in the wider, wider world, this is definitely to do with money. Yeah. And for, you know, if we're looking at these eclipses, Aries and Libra, you know, it's, it's, it is your financial axis, the Taurus Scorpio axis. So for those two signs in particular, but I think for everyone in preparation for this eclipse season, make sure your money is safe and secure. Don't just, you know, be blind about what's happening. Really kind of consider 
um, what you might need to do to shore things up because we're in, and also this eclipse season isn't, you know, it's going to continue into 2023. These are changing times on the financial, um, you know, realm, the financial world. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the UK, sorry, uh, it's interesting that the UK has uh, Libra rising. So this is dead in the financial sector of the British chart. Okay. These eclipses. Yeah. Um, you know, straight in there. And you know, you need to know that, do you know? Yeah. Um, you do need to know that. And I just want to say that's the thing with Uranus. There will be winners and losers. I mean, Uranus, you know, rides the and the same with eclipses, you know, it's 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 that you ride the sort of highs and lows of life. So there will be winners and there will be losers. I mean, it's not to say that everyone's gonna lose, but it is a time to kind of shore things up. Mm. Mm. And I'm I'm interested in the square to Saturn with this because it's so mm. tight. Mm. Um, it's a very close square to Saturn. It's not, you know, random. And Saturn um, has turned has turns direct actually on the twenty third of October, doesn't it? Yeah, and, just before the sun moves into Scorpio. But it, yeah, it's on the same day, and just before the first eclipse of this pair. Mm. And Saturn is now moving out of Aquarius, right? Yeah. Saturn yeah. is associated with rules and regulations and government Mm. um and so those rules and regulations and government may get a shock from the eclipses yes yeah Yeah. because because the eclipses i mean actually what's interesting about this is that um saturn is in its own sign so it's very powerful right um, and we've seen it, so, you know, we've always associated with these rules around COVID and those restrictions have been very strong with the Saturn and Aquarius. Mm. But it is connected also to the Uranus in Taurus, which is also rules Aquarius. Mm. And those two are suddenly, you know, they, they've been in this very tight square that we've discussed a lot. Yep. And this square, tight square is now pinged by the by this particular eclipse and there may be also as well as all this financial stuff that we've been talking about there may be something around covid too um yeah it seems to me yeah and i think what's interesting about this eclipse what it's important because now saturn's direct it's going to move out of aquarius it will move out next uh march so it won't be in its sign of rulership where it's been since um 2020 or before december 2020 i think um, no, it must have been before that because it made the. Oh, that was when it was in Aquarius. Okay, it's been in the Southern rulership for about four years or so then. Um, but what's it's now this this eclipse marks the point where Saturn and Uranus are finally going to move apart, mm-hmm. and they're not going to come back into square aspect. They were so powerful in twenty twenty one, so it may be that something is coming to an end also around this eclipse. I mean, it's you could... like it's busting out. Yeah. You Maybe. could look at it that way, where whatever's been, you know, holding holding in, where you've been stuck in this between a rock and a hard place, there is some kind of ending that means you can move on. Mm. I mean, that's another way this eclipse eclipse could play out. Yeah. Well, no, I definitely feel that it's a like it's it's a it's it's a breakout. Mm. Um, you know, because I I you know what I was wondering with with looking at this eclipse is what's stronger, the Saturn or the eclipse? And of course, the, the eclipse is just a transit, right? It's it's 
uh, just uh, it's a quicker transit. Saturn is in there, but Saturn's leaving. Saturn's leaving Aquarius. It's like, I'm getting out of here, man. Now I'm taking off the seatbelt. I'm throwing off my shackles. I'm moving on. And that's what this feels like to me. And it feels like the eclipse may accelerate that somehow. Mm, yeah. And Saturn does leave Aquarius before the next set of eclipses, actually. So yeah. Saturn's making a run for it. Yeah. That's what I feel. He's actually, he's saying, like, I've done. I'm, I've yeah. done enough. I showed you. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't got the message yet, well, I'll, I may kind of reinforce it one more time before I leave. Hmm. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about the um, the first lockdown, which was under Saturn and Aquarius, wasn't it? And how all the, yes, it was because the, the air, you know, the, the, plane stopped flying which was very saturn and aquarius because aquarius is an air sign and it's to do with engineering so it's connected with airplanes and the airplanes were grounded mm-hmm. and the cars stopped in the first lockdown and nature came back very quickly in certain places and it's really important that we do not forget that forget we do mm-hmm. not forget what happened and already our the media cycle, the blah, 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 is like trying to move us on from remembering. Actually, there was something amazing that happened in that first lockdown, Yeah, which yeah. was the surgence of nature when we just stopped. Yeah. yeah. Curious to see what happens as Saturn leaves Aquarius, whether we get a reminder of that in some way, because mm-hmm. actually that was a really important message that we got mm. from yeah. the universe. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, it was like you need to do things differently. Yeah. Try this. Try this. Try, you know, remember how God rested on the seventh day? It was a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again with this axis, I mean, as we talked about at the beginning, really, it is the axis of fertility, fecundity, growth, production, isn't it? The earth, nature. And that important cycle of life, death and renewal. So, yeah, lessons are big lessons probably in these eclipses, actually. And that might be something to look at during, you know, these this eclipse season. Again, what what can you do individually to make a difference? What do you want to let go of? What do you want to stop doing as well? You know? I mean, I'm also one of the things that happened in that first lockdown was it was like homeostasis, wasn't it? As you allow other things to come, you know, and stop interfering yeah. and allow nature to come back just by stopping. That's all you have to do sometimes. Yeah. Instead of this frenetic doing, doing, doing thing that we have. Mm-hmm. And with Mars retrograde as well, and Jupiter still retrograde in Pisces, this is maybe another time to stop that doing. Yeah. Yeah being more yeah um can we move the chart off well done hello <laughs> did it <laughs> yeah i was thinking i'm bored of looking at that chart i want to look at sally yeah. um is there any last I, I would kind of i mean i feel that we've um looked at i mean these those these are the major things this month yeah um, is there any and we've talked quite a long time so i think that we need to wind up Yes, I agree. And I, I kind of feel like that was a lovely way to to end, bringing it back to that, you know, and a reminder of what we can do individually and 
Um, taking responsibility, taking responsibility, actually. It's going to be an interesting couple of months towards the end of this year. Go inwards, be creative, seek beauty in the world. That's always my advice. <laughs> and um, if you're anything like me, I was also thinking that Saturn in Aquarius is like quite chilly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are going to be having our heating off in this yeah. country because of the yeah. craziness that's going on. Yeah, I know. So, you know, stay warm, stay warm. Absolutely. Stay warm. And we'll talk to you in Sagittarius season next. Yeah. I was hoping it brings some fire. (laughs) I was hoping that brings the warmth. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, stay warm, stay safe and watch out for fireworks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.